Welcome. It is Gary on Guns. Pleased to have you with us. This week, Scott Van Kirk, former law enforcement firearms trainer and, uh, well, uh, representative of Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Oh, you picked that up right away, buddy. That was good. And uh, oh, making... Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's... Belt Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This, uh, that is the, uh, the dulcet tones of the voice of Ellis. I'd like to be on Gary's gun. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, yeah, glad to have you with us. Listen, uh, I'm going to kick this right off uh, with the president because President Biden has created the Federal Office of Gun Violence Pre uh, Prevention. Um, I, I'm, I'm just I'm guessing here, uh, Scott, that uh, there will be uh, gun control advocates and uh, Second Amendment supporters both working for this new <laughs> yeah. uh, no the, the, <laughs> I, I did I did hear that um, some longtime administrator advocate whoever for Michael Bloomberg Michael Bloomberg's organization every town um, is immediately part of this uh, you know council or whatever they're calling it department whatever um, office. That's it. He's already been uh, recruited to be part of the office. Um, I've kind of looked at it. I see it's political pandering to a certain political element. Um, <laughs> I, I saw a light at the end of the tunnel, and I hope everybody else saw this, though. Um, they placed the vice president in charge of it, so I don't think it's really going anywhere. Yeah, that's pretty much the kiss of death for anything. Right. Uh, the guy you're talking about is Greg, uh, Greg Jackson. Jackson. What the heck? It's just, I'm having a hard time. Greg Jackson. He is the Community Justice Action Fund's executive director and uh, Every Town for Gun Safety's senior director. It's good to know that, that they're going to, you know, have an open mind and, and look things over without a jaundiced eye. Oh, yeah, they're definitely coming at it from the middle on this, exactly, yeah. They're uh, probably going to use, um, you know, the same thought process that, that uh, the governor of New Mexico used, that we have an emergency here, uh, it's gun violence, and we have to do something about it. Uh, and, and as we all know, it's... It's never going to work. It just, it doesn't work. It's not the gun. But they will spend tons of taxpayer dollars, and they will come up with all kinds of studies that will terrify people who aren't aware of just how crooked those studies are. I've, um, I've heard that 100% of uh, scientists and study finders agree with the people that paid them to do the scientist study. 100%. I think it's actually 110. 110, yeah. Uh, yes. By the way, uh, for, for, the, uh, for the listener out there, Ellis Bennis is uh, kind of a, a sometime uh, guest host with us. <laughs> and uh, his website is thesuperbelt.com. You know, there was a time when only the wealthy had bespoke clothing. Um, but now you can get a belt, you and, and you get to custom have it custom made. It's it's uh, you pick the buckle and uh, the, the the width of the belt is for dress clothes or jeans or whatever. And the advantage to this belt is it's probably the last belt you'll ever need. The only way you'll need another belt is if you lose this one or you put on a 
poop ton of weight. Put on some weight. Yeah, because actually, I, I kind of shot myself in the foot. If they lose weight, I actually have a method where I can cut off the buckle and to even shorten it for sure. them. So they don't even have to buy one if they lose weight. So yes, I am. I constantly am, am promoting all-you-can-eat buffets mm -hmm. and, and anything <laughs> else that I can find that will cause my customers to gain a significant amount of weight because then they have to buy a new belt. The damn thing is indestructible. <laughs> and That's the I idea. know because I've got two of them and uh, and they are. Uh, you can bleach them. You can do whatever you want. And if you're concealed carry and you're using uh, that, you know, uh, on the waistband uh, hol holster, this is the ticket. Uh, but even if you're not, even if you're just looking for a good belt, this is the place to go. TheSuperBelt.com. I watched him tow. Uh, was that, what was that, a Jeep? What was that you towed with your belt? Let's see. So I've pulled my truck, which is an old Chevy pickup. And then, yeah, we I used that truck to tow a Jeep one time, too. And then I did, a, I did another one that's not on the site, but we've we've pulled. I've pulled two or three other trucks using my belt that I wear. So, yeah. So if you get stuck in the ditch, you just take your belt off, wrap it around the next guy, guy's hitch, and then they'll pull you right out. No problem. Yeah, no problem. And you make dog collars too, right? That's right. Yeah, and we don't judge if if any human wants to buy one for for whatever Did you their bring thing in is. Scott's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, I did not. No, Scott, Scott Van Kirk does, does not have one. Um, he's sitting right here, and uh, he's a very dangerous man. So what, whatever, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing but good things to say about Scott. <laughs> he's not so dangerous from the neck up. Paul, you got to watch the gun. Uh, all right, so you didn't bring in his spiked collar. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but what a great idea for your dog. I yeah. mean, it's, it's perfect. 100%. Uh, all right, so that is thesuperbelt.com, thesuperbelt.com. And if you've got a question, uh, you can give us a call. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572, or you can go to garynolan.com. Send me a message. It'll pop up right here in studio. Also, uh, we'll have uh, show and tell because while Larry Wayland isn't here... Modern Arms at the Brown Station location is well represented. <laughs> there we go, uh, and you can get the, if you're in uh, Columbia, Missouri, uh, and you go to Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. Stay on your toes here. <laughs> uh, you can uh, you can actually get fitted for the belt. Scott, will you be fitting people for I, the belt? I will not. I will not. I know how I, you enjoy that. I think it's a process that you can probably almost do yourself there at the Modern Arms. Larry will be back, I assume, next week if you want that personal tailor's touch. <laughs> um, Is that what they're calling it? That's what we call that, yeah, the personal tailor's touch. Um, I... I've looked at the the sizing. Um, I have a couple of super belts, and they are a great, great belt. Um, I've looked at the sizing. I managed to measure myself and sent the the information to Ellis, and he sent me a couple of belts. Um, I failed to see the significance of the inseam measurement that Larry does. <laughs> we don't we don't question Larry's process. <laughs> You know we're all in trouble when Wayland hears this. Oh yeah, we are going to be in so much trouble. Uh, all right, so the uh, so the president has created a uh, a new bureau, and it is the Office of Gun Violence Prevention. I wonder if the next administration, uh, and hopefully it won't be a Democrat, could go in there and fire everybody and put in pro gun people. Wouldn't that be amusing that that this gets turned on them? I don't know. I thought it would be. Uh, Biden's gun for gun restrictions uh, like crackdowns on quote-unquote assault weapons. And high-capacity magazines has so far failed to gain any traction, and it isn't going to, in, in Congress, it's not going to. 
So the issue was a prominent agenda item in his presidential campaign. So this is just pandering, as uh, uh, as Scott uh, said, uh, to his base. And I know what's going to come out of it. It's going to be all kinds of ugly nonsense and and, uh, twisted results. It's going to be speeches. It's going to be studies. It's going to be press releases. It's going to be call to actions. It's going to be... Pounding on the table, why can't you pro-Second Amendment types get on board with this reasonable gun safety? Yeah, that's the key. Legis- reasonable. Yep. Sure it is. Well, because they, let's face it. The other side con- controls the narrative on this and has for a long time. We've spoken about this before, not to you know rehash too much, but we get a favorable Supreme Court decision or you see some favorable legislation pass at the state level because there really isn't any favorable federal legislation that's passed regardless of who's been president. Um, and then we just like, oh, look, we won. And then we sit on our laurels. Yeah. Um, and then the, the left plays the long game. They understand the whole Machiavellian, um, you know, Marxist, Leninist, concept of how you play the long game you win you win political battles ultimately over decades and generations you don't win them in the moment and uh, we sort of fail to see that yep it's hard to keep your uh, your finger on the pulse but but the, but the left do, they do uh and their end justifies the means mentality means they will come up with all kinds of untruths to promote their view listen we're up against the clock we got to take a quick break but when we come back Uh, Viridian says there are 10 reasons why a green dot site is better than a red dot site. We'll kind of kick that around with Scott and Ellis and give you some of those reasons. You make up your own mind. It's the Gary on Guns show. Hey, welcome. It is uh, Gary on Guns. And we're going to talk about uh, green dot versus red dot. And Scott Van Kirk is on board representing Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And Larry, uh, Larry, uh, Ellis Bennis is with us. And uh, he is the superbelt.com. Uh, now, I've only got one uh, one firearm with a, uh, with a site on it, a, a green dot site. Uh, do either one of you guys have red dot sites? I have one red dot that I started playing with earlier this year um, on a Glock 19. I sort of put together to be able to do that, and then I have one green dot as well. No, I got nothing. I'm you got nothing. Iron sights, all of them. That's right. You got a green lens flashlight. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There's a little green dot on his contact lens. I don't even have that. <laughs> so, Scott, since you've got both, tell me what you think of the comparison. Is there one that you think is better than the other? Uh, boy, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're both dots, so we're basically we're talking about a difference in color. Um, I would tend to believe that the green is more vibrant, but I'm also getting a little older and as I don't know whether most people <laughs> I don't know whether most people know this or not, but especially the male of this species as we get older, one of the eye thing issues that we deal with is it's harder and harder to see in the red spectrum. Um, oh. so that's one of the reasons why if you got red iron sights and things like that you start to migrate towards different colors because i did not know that yeah one of the um when they give you the little when you go to the eye doctor and they give you the color chart things like that right as you get older generally you'll start to lose the ability to distinguish different the red spectrum spectrum. yeah is that true gary 
I wouldn't know. He, uh, he, 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 Gary's <laughs> just sees them black and white, just like the television yeah, I grew yeah. up on. Gary, <laughs> Gary thought the Eagle logo was just white. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. With Gary bringing this topic up, I don't know why he didn't mention the gray dot. Yeah. Is there gray dot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Can we quick get uh, two new guest hosts yeah. and, and a new producer on the program? Yeah. And I strongly encourage someone who is an optometrist or whatever, yeah. if you're listening and yeah. I've totally got this wrong, please Give call and tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. We're, we're making this up as we go. So if you're an optometrist, please give us a shout. Yeah. Well, actually, there, there is something to what, uh, to what you're saying. Uh, apparently, green light is closer to the peak sensitivity of uh, the human eye's uh, photo, uh, phototopic response. So it makes uh, the green dot sight more visible than red. Look at me. Science. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You just don't question the don't, heck out of that. Yeah, guys. don't question the science, Gary. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know that guys are more likely to be colorblind than women. Uh, there's a greater likelihood that guys will be colorblind uh, than women. So that's not a. That's a fun fact I did not know. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I'm learning all kinds of stuff this like morning, guys. That's right. <laughs> Nothing to do Gary with guns, guns but well, a whole bunch of optometry knowledge as well. <laughs> well Ellis, Ellis, if he had gone beyond the eighth grade. <laughs> Hey, it was Columbia Public School. You can't blame me. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, all right. Uh, reduced color spectrum interference. Red dots may have a tendency to blend in or become less visible against certain backgrounds, uh, especially anything that's reddish or brown. Uh, green dot sites avoid the issue, uh, and they give you a cleaner, more distinct aiming point. Better visibility for colorblind shooters. We're talking about men being more likely to be colorblind. Approximately 8% of men are red-green colorblind. For those individuals, a green dot sight can be a game changer. Uh, it means that they can still acquire their targets accurately. And there's less washout with a green, uh, with a green dot uh, in bright light. Uh, in situations with strong ambient light, red dots can suffer from washout. Have, now, I've noticed this, and I suppose it might be true with uh, with green dots as well, but when you're using the laser... Oh, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons... I mean, laser's a bit out of vogue. Um, it'll it'll come back. I mean, I'm I'm sure Crimson Trace is still doing okay and stuff like that. But with the <laughs> development of the of the green laser some years ago, that was one of the big deals. I mean, you could put head to head. You could put green laser versus red laser, and you could pick up green laser at significantly longer distances in significantly brighter environments than you can red dot. Red dot or not red dot. Red laser. Um, just sort of disappears in bright light. Oh yeah, it, you can go to the range at high noon with no clouds in the sky, and you can you're going to be about four feet off the target to see a red dot oh, laser. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it uh, the green dot will improve low light performance uh, in low light conditions. Green dot sites offer an advantage by providing a more vivid contrast uh, against the surroundings, so you get faster target acquisition. There is a longer battery life, and I didn't realize this, but green LEDs are more energy efficient than red ones. That's interesting because that's exactly opposite of the lasers. The laser emitters in green, at least when they all first came out, are have got a seriously significant battery suck compared to red lasers. Interesting. That's inter I did not. That one's I didn't know. That's pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's better in the dot. Yeah. All right. Crisper and clearer dot. Uh, green dot sites produce a crisper, finer dot compared to red dot sites. 
can sometimes appear blurry or starburst-like. Blurry. Uh, blurry. Like trying to take a picture of Bigfoot. He's always blurry. <laughs> uh, the precise dot is essential for accurate shooting, especially in long distances. You can't they, let Ellis and I do radio together <laughs> yeah, anymore. This has turned into an Abbott and Costello routine. Well, and I was just thinking, for, <laughs> for the best of both worlds, you should have a red laser on your gun with a green dot sight. That way you get the best battery for the laser. I like laser the way you're the, thinking. And the best, best What, what the color sight. does that turn into if I'm able to align the laser and the red dot? What does green and red turn? Have an art teacher call us, please. Yeah, we need an optometrist <laughs> and an art teacher stat. And, <laughs> we, and need more, we need some experts. We need some experts, yeah. And, and who makes the holster for that contraption? <laughs> yeah. I know some people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get you. Just tuck it in your shorts. <laughs> Due to the human eye's natural sensitivity to green light, prolonged use of green dot sights is less likely to cause eye strain or fatigue. Uh, they say there, that it has better performance in foggy or hazy conditions. Uh, green dot sites outperform red dot sites. The green dot's higher wavelength is less scattered uh, by the atmospheric conditions. And then there's adaptability. They say green dot sites have shown their versatility across a range of environments, whether you're shooting against lush vegetation, hmm. urban settings, or desert landscapes, the green dot remains consistently visible. Uh, I only have a green dot site, and I think it's just remarkable. What a great addition uh, to any firearm. So I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by them. But I did not know about all the uh, the shortcomings of the red dot site. It has a lot of info. And, cool. and just because I brought it up initially and we're running the Abbott and Costello gun show, mm-hmm. um, I'll explain to you who Abbott and Costello are later. I know uh, who that is. I oh, got okay. that reference. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, if we're perfect, if we're able to perfectly align the green dot and the red laser, mm-hmm. it makes brown. Makes brown. They make a brown dot. All right. Okay. Wow. I, looked, I looked it up. And if you, have to, if you have to use both of those, there might be a brown dot created anyway. All right, so now we have a lesson in primary colors. Primary colors covered. Oh. Roy and, G. Biv. And, Roy G. Biv is colored. We're here for your kids, too, guys. <laughs> Scott and I are good up to an eighth grade education. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long, long show. Can, At I the Brown tell. Station location? Yeah. Uh, what? yeah that's, uh, I jumped the gun armor. on that one. Yeah. By the way, show and tell is coming up, and uh, Scott brought in a, a sack of firearms that we'll, we'll explore, and he's only taken apart one or two of them so far, so this is a good sign. Oh, that reminds me, I do need to take that one apart so I can talk to people about how Okay, that well, now he's going to take them all apart. <laughs> but that's coming up a little later in the program. The Republican senators, they aim to block Biden from pulling a Grisham on guns. Yeah, you're probably wondering what that's all about, so we'll have to explain that to you uh, in the next segment of the program. Also, there is a, a great piece at Bearing Arms, shooting of San Antonio cops not due to, a tex- to uh, Texas gun laws. Uh, and uh, there is, speaking of Texas, a gun show in Allen, Texas, and the leftists are beside themselves. They are so upset that they're having a gun show in Allen, Texas. The logic... Absolute nonsense. <laughs> All that coming up and more on Gary on Guns. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Scott Van Kirk is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. <laughs> and uh, Ellis Bennis is with us, the superbelt.com. We talked earlier in the program about the president coming up with his new anti-gun department. And that's essentially what I think it ought to be called. Uh, it's the Gun Violence Prevention 
that that never actually prevents gun violence that scares people. But the Republicans have come up with a piece of legislation in the Senate. Uh, it's actually Mark uh, Mike Braun from Indiana. It's called Protecting the Right to Keep and Bear Arms Act of 2023. You know, you would you'd think you wouldn't need this after the Bruin decision, wouldn't you? Um, yes and no. I mean, to think that Bruin is all-encompassing and solves all of our problems is, again, kind of resting on that on our laurels again. We won! Yay! So now they're going to stop attacking the Second Amendment. Nope, they're <laughs> going to attack it even harder. Never. Yeah, this is a response. Yeah, I, I understand why they're doing it, but it's res- it's a response to something that ought not be anyway. I mean, it's it's the, you've got a Second Amendment. It says you have the right to own and bear arms. Then they come out and create this, you know, nonsense uh, branch of the federal it's government. The, the Department of Myths and Happy Thoughts. That's yes. what we're going to call it. <laughs> so now the Republicans have to come back with their own uh, protection. And it's and it, so they write the Protection, uh, the Protect the Right to Keep and Bear Arms Act of 2023. And they said it would end the threat of using a declared state of emergency to infringe on the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, it would prohibit the president, a designee, uh, secretary of health and human services from, quote, declaring an emergency pursuant to the National Emergencies Act or major disaster pursuant to the Robert Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act in order to impose gun control. So it, it, like the governor of New Mexico, uh, we've got some kind of an emergency like they had in New Orleans where they had uh, right. the hurricane. Yep. So, suddenly we're going to tell people you can't have a gun, which would be like the worst time to do that. And this piece of legislation is designed to prevent that from happening. Uh, it's a, it seems like good if they give us one more, you know, protective piece. But it's never, like Scott said, it's never going to stop. There's just going to be mm-hmm. another use case and another use case and then another right. move, the, move the goal lines. We'll just keep moving the goal lines. I mean, and, and, well, and arguably... You will. You. I mean, the Constitution it gets ignored all the time. Yeah. You. You don't think that laws? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just ignore it. Oh, you, we, oh, the courts say we can't do that. <laughs> Screw yeah. them. We're just going to do it anyway. And I, I support it. It's not going to go anywhere. Ah, <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. where I was headed. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, simple terrorist attacks, national emergencies, pandemics. Our public health emergencies, guns are neither. Using legitimate presidential power as a backdoor to violate the Second Amendment is disingenuous at best, and it diminishes the gravity of real emergencies. Uh, That is uh, from Senator Kramer. But the point that I was getting to that Scott just nailed is the rest of the Senate isn't going to vote for this. No. They won't get out of the Senate. It might pass the House if it were, uh, you know, started there. Well, but and, even if it got to the president's desk, and and here's where I'm here's where I am with that. Okay, so the the Republicans are the party out of power currently. Okay, they, yeah, they got the House by a slim majority, but you got a lot of purple state senators, which are going to kind of waff, waffle back and forth and not take hard stands on certain things anyway. And we just learned that red and blue make purple, folks. We just that we just learned that one for the color color spectrum. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, that's an update on the color spectrum. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad the kids. So Sorry. Keep keep going. I'm paying attention. I'm glad the kids tuned in this morning. Wow. I'm trying to remember my thoughts. Um, so now we. So the in the the Senate. 
the Democrats are the majority. And the Republicans are now going to put forth this bill that has no hope of passing. And everybody supposedly on our side of the Second Amendment goes, yay, look at the Republicans. You're doing a good job, mm. but you're never going to pass it. And my question still remains, what happened when you were in power yeah. and you could have actually done something mm. oh, and, and you when, didn't? When they were in power, they gave us bump stock um, yeah. legislation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's from the most pro-Second Amendment president in history, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he's not the first Republican. I think Bush... Uh, oh, abs- no, it's it's not just... It's it's a whole thing where we got this pandering thing. Biden's going to create the Department of Myth and Happy Thoughts to pander to his base. The Republicans who have no hope of passing anything as it relates to a, a topic that is... Um, near and dear supposedly to their base Mm. is going to say, oh, we're going to put forth this bill and it's not going to go anywhere. But, oh, look, pander, pander, pander. Oh, oh, we got a... uh, Brian just sent me a a Biden update. And I I thought... Is it what he had for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever you guys had for breakfast, you'll probably be revisiting it when you hear this. (laughs) Joe Biden from the Rose Garden said, if you need 80 shots in a magazine, you shouldn't own a gun. While announcing, uh, well, announcing, while announcing the launch of an executive level gun control office, the one we spoke of earlier, um, where he once again called out a ban on semi-automatic rifles. He said, if you need 80 shots in a magazine, you shouldn't own a gun. Well, well, maybe he should nuke me, I guess. Wasn't yeah. that one of the other options? Too? Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't go up against an F-18, yeah. Let's, right. so, Come on now, Biden. So <laughs> if, if something happens in your city and there's a riot, and hundreds of people are attacking, you still shouldn't have access to a magazine that holds 80 rounds. No, black powder should do it for you. Yeah. Just single shot, ram it in there. Yeah. That's what the Constitution said. Well, and, and, and yeah, yeah, that's what it says. Just ask the, the Department of Myths and Happy Thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I'll take the other path on that. It's got nothing to do with need. Yep. Yeah, it's oh. constitutional right. This is America. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is America. I you, don't I need don't... a 40-pound cheeseburger, but <laughs> gosh dang it, if I want right. to get one. That's what I'm going to get. Yeah. <laughs> Ellis, Ellis gets to talk on the radio with his eighth-grade education. Exactly. And that's the First Amendment. Which it's is higher than need. most of Congress. And we can all agree that there's no need for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, now they're turning on each other. This is going to get really, really <laughs> ugly in the studio. Brian Duck. <laughs> Just stay out of sight. But it's well, just, I mean, they always, there's always one of these things. If you X, you don't need a gun. Right, there's you know? the hypothetical. And, yeah, they just There's keep, always this hypothetical. They're always going to... I mean, yeah. I, at some point, I feel like the, it, it's going to be, if you have a gun, you shouldn't need a gun. You know what I mean? Like, let's, right. just, let's bear it down <laughs> to the bare minimum. You don't need a gun. We're here to take care of you everything for you. You don't need an AR-15. Yep. No, you... No. No, absolutely not. I don't think he was real serious about that because he wasn't whispering. I thought that guy meant you need more than one. Because <laughs> he said you don't need A. Singular. That's singular. That's right. We're you moving s- into the grammar <laughs> section now. <laughs> he, that, he meant you should have two or more. That was my takeaway. You don't need A. You need well, do you remember Mayor Bloomberg when, when he was questioned about his armed bodyguards? Well, because he's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're not. We're not. Yeah, you're not important. <laughs> no. Nope. I get threats all the time, he said. I'm I'm wealthy and I'm the mayor and, and so I'm important. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, but 
you, of course, you know, nobody's going to mail you a threat. Nobody's going to call you up on the phone unless you're in talk radio. Um, <laughs> That's right. And send you, and, and give you a and we threat. Can and we can hang up on you. Yeah. <laughs> when when uh. the average guy on the street gets attacked, there is no warning. It just happens. Yep. Uh, but he thinks because he gets threats, he should be protected. But you, well, no. we can't actually trust you with a gun. Why can't we trust them with a gun, Brian? Because... You're, You're too, too stupid. stupid. <laughs> Frustrating. Oh. Uh, and Bloomberg is throwing a bunch more money at, uh, at his uh, anti-gun groups. He seems to be a bottomless pit of money uh, when it comes to taking away your Second Amendment rights. And you know the other thing I love is when they, al they always say this. We don't want to take away your gun. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and clearly they do. Well, there is a time. We have to go back a long ways, but I think you can go back to a time in the 70s and the early 80s where they were still saying, we do want to take away yeah. your guns. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. they changed tact at some yeah. point. Um, they realized that, that mid to late 80s. People, yeah. and they were like, wait a minute, that might be poor messaging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So there's oh. a, a, a discussion at Bearing Arms about uh, San Antonio cops that were shot and Texas gun laws, where apparently the argument was made that lax laws on firearms in Texas is the reason these police are in danger. And it just, it doesn't hold water. But there was an interesting chicken or the egg offer in that uh, report about guns in Texas and major cities, and we'll address that next on Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. So along with Scott Van Kirk and Ellis Bennis, the superbelt.com. Brown Station location. I, no, I, you, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Let's try it. Let's He's been try. so keyed up ready for it. I'm getting let's, paid by the number of times I say Brown Station location. Let's try it again there, Lightning uh, friend. Uh, Scott Van Kirk is also here representing Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. There, there go. you go. You got to wait for the cue. <laughs> and you never hear Larry Whalen jump the gun. You mean from the Brown Station location? <laughs> that Larry oh. Whalen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh. over here making tickets marks on the paper for his payment payments <laughs> all right oh, well man. there is this uh story about uh texas and how they don't have strict enough gun laws and that's why these cops in san antonio were shot and they uh they say the increase in gun ownership uh correlates to more police homicides but it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing you know, if there's more violent crime, there are more people buying guns. Mm. So which comes first, the violent crime or the gun ownership? Nobody nobody talks about it. Nobody studied that. No, but because, it, because statistics, we can all agree, uh, statistics exist in a vacuum. Mm. There's in this case, there's two things that we're looking that they're looking at: uh, uh, firearm assaults on law enforcement officers. Gun sales, which I imagine they're only able to track legal gun sales right. within the state, and they're going to take and compare those two and find a correlation, possibly, because we wouldn't be hearing about any of this if there was no correlation, um, and, and attribute that to a causation. And that exists in the little bubble that is statistics. And there's no consideration, like you said, of, of rising violent crime. There's no consideration of the number of um, illegal 
immigrants flooding the state of Texas, potentially many of them being a part of a criminal element. There are so many, there's not the, the, we're coming post-pandemic and we have sort of a breakdown of societal norms, increase in gang violence. We have all of these factors, but they're not in the vacuum with the, just those two statistics. No, nope. You know, if you just look back at uh, what was going on when those uh, riots were happening in, in uh, Portland and Seattle and uh, all those other major cities, you saw a corresponding uh, jump in firearm sales. It was the result of all of the criminal activity, as you're pointing out. And that, and that I think, is a rather simple causation yeah. based on a correlation that you can make. That one's a logical jump. People don't feel safe. They're, they want to go buy some way to make themselves feel safe. So, fire. Yeah. 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 And many of them first-time gun owners. Yeah. If I see that they're you know shooting at law enforcement in Columbia, Missouri, and I'm living in Columbia, Missouri, I'm going out and get myself a gun. Because there are bad guys out there. And maybe, and, and, and maybe moving out of Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, no, no, worked for me. Yeah, you you got to go to work. You got to drive into town. So there, you know, there is, I think, uh, an unwillingness on the part of the anti-gun people who make these claims to look at cause and effect because it destroys their argument. Right. Well, um, I, I think that's the type of thing that's going to be addressed by that new department within the White House. Yeah, yeah, they'll be looking at that. We'll clarify that. Let us they'll, understand. Yeah, we'll be able to understand. Tell that. us, tell us yeah, what the, we should think. The great unwashed out here will be able to understand that. It just always cracks me up that the idea for legislation, like we need more gun laws, we need more gun laws, is like wasn't murder and shooting people already illegal? Like go, that, for quite what? some time. Yeah, why isn't that? So we, a, that a, guy, a guy brought down a couple of tablets yeah, off of a mountain. a long time ago. Yeah. That's not a deterrent. Yeah, if that wasn't a deterrent, I think that everything else that we do is going to fall slightly <laughs> less sure. of that. Yeah. 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 But. I, didn't, I didn't realize this, but uh, and I don't know if you guys read this column or not, but do you know what state has uh, the, the, the strictest gun laws and the highest total number of homicides? I'd say, I, I, I'm going to say my, Illinois. My guess is California, but I don't know all for right. sure. I'm going to say Illinois. California has all the gun laws you could ask for and, and then, then some. some. Yep. So you did read this. Uh, yet it also has the highest total number of homicides right. in the nation. Well, it's, they just haven't gone far enough. Yep. Yeah, that's always, isn't yeah. that always their fallback? People are still allowed to own guns. It was Clearly good, we have exactly. not gone it far was, enough. Yeah. yeah. We've made, pro California can, uh, can say that we've made progress, yeah. but we haven't gone far enough. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 that's the mantra of the left. Whenever they introduce anything that doesn't work, it's because, well, the Republicans got in our way. We didn't get far enough. We didn't, we didn't go all the way. We had to hold back because of politics. Well, and we can we can make that argument along a number of fronts, not just um, within the firearms arena. Right. That we have this reactionary, we must do something about it. I always go back to the meeting of the governor and his cabinet in Blazing Saddles with mm -hmm. Mel Gibson playing the gover the governor, you know, Governor Pettibone or whatever his name is, banging the table saying, we must do something about it. Yeah. Harumph, harumph. <laughs> yeah. And that is the definition of the entire uh, political system. We just pound our hands on the table and we must do something about it. Do we, do we think what we're doing is going to make a difference? No, but we've got to do something. It'll make headlines. 
Yeah, they keep pushing. New York has really tough gun laws, uh, and they've had them for a long, long time, although I think uh, Bruin sort of changed that a little bit. But the bad guys are still armed. I don't know if you read about this, uh, where they had uh, they found four kilos of cocaine and heroin. Another case of, hey, if we just ban it, it'll stop happening. Mm. Um, but uh, approximately four kilos of cocaine and heroin, and... Uh, while they're going through this uh, apartment, uh, they find all kinds of firearms that are supposedly illegal in New York. High-capacity rifle um, that violates their assault weapons ban, that's what they call it. Um, Ordinary people with four kilos of cocaine don't care about many of those other laws either. <laughs> but isn't that, that exactly is the point? That is not recreational use quantities, <laughs> well, people. But isn't that exactly the point? Yeah, exactly. And it's it, if if you're going to go out and shoot people, and they tell you, well, you can't have a gun, it, it it's not going to stop you. I don't need your permission to break the law. If I'm going to kill someone, which is against the law, why why would I not violate the the law that prevents me from carrying the gun to do it? It's just stupid. In Allen, Texas, they uh, they had a gun show. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. Were uh, there guns there? How dare they? <laughs> 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 there? <laughs> Photographs only. <laughs> how many people died? Yep. Yeah. How many? Yeah. Those guns. Strangely enough, just laid on the table. Whoa. Not one of them jumped up and shot anybody. Well, see, the Democrats are making progress then, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, we're safer. <laughs> I feel safer already. <laughs> we just must, we got to do more. We got to do more. <laughs> uh, well, over at Bearing Arms, they wrote four months, uh, four months after a gunman killed eight people and injured seven more, uh, they're, they're having this uh, gun show. And everybody is upset with them. How can you do this? Oh, the humanity. Yeah. the It's the emotional argument of having a gun. You can never have a gun show now in Allen, Texas. All right, we'll cover this show and tell. we got a whole bunch more, including a pledge that will stop police gun violence. All coming up in the next segment. Gary on Gun.